Old Testament reading is going to be from the book of Jeremiah, uh, page 609 in your pew Bibles. Mine, I'm going to be reading from a little different version, so, oops, I got the, Jeremiah, I got the wrong one here. Sorry about that, I did have, there we go, I had it marked. Jeremiah, as you know, was a prophet, I mean, he was under several rulers, and uh, he wasn't always favored by the rulers because of what he had to say to the people of Judah. Verses four, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak, because I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, to deliver you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord stretched out his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Our second reading this morning comes from the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. We'll be reading verses 18 through 29, and this can be found on page 979 in your pew Bible if you would like to follow along. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised. Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks, by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for indeed our God is a consuming fire. 
Our gospel reading today is from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. This can be found on page 848. This is a continuing of Jesus' teaching, and now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. Sisters and brothers, this all is the word of the Lord spoken for you. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you now help us to hear your word. Guide us in our reflections that our reflections may Help us to see you in all things. Guide us in our understanding and in our knowing that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, our rock, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. So most days, uh, when you see me rolling into the church, and I say rolling into the church because literally I roll into the church with the stroller and all of the baby gear, I do that just that. I have a lot of gear. Y'all have seen me with my backpack and the baby backpack and a couple of bags and the stroller and the carrier and the kid. I've often said that sometimes traveling anywhere with a small child is like going on a massive expedition. You have to be prepared for just about anything. So I carry a lot, and I'm kind of loaded down. But uh, one of the things that I've discovered really helps is carrying a backpack. Uh, my backpack with all the stuff that I need for work and the, the diaper bag, which is a backpack, and I've brought that in today. And this is my backpack. One of the reasons why I like a backpack is because it allows me to carry with me all the stuff that I need for the day, but it leaves my hands free in the way that other types of bags do not. I'm able to put whatever I need in the backpack and then hoist it on my shoulders and go about my day knowing that I carry with me everything that I need. I was thinking about this today because I realized that each of us carries a backpack with us each and every day, whether or not it's a physical backpack. And in this backpack, we carry all the things that we need for our days. And so we carry with us our skills and our talents. 
We carry with us the word of God and we put that in our bag and that goes with us each and every day. We carry with us the uh, tools that we need, our energy, our imagination, our intelligence, our love, all those things that we talk about in our ordination vows. I carry with me my responsibilities as a pastor, carry with me um, other talents and skills and things that I need and I put that all in the backpack, the emotional and the invisible backpack that I carry with me and I hoist it on my shoulders and I go about my day. And it's not too bad and I'm able to carry it, I'm able to walk with it and I can go about and I live my day as a mom, as a pastor, as a wife, as a daughter, and as Leanne the friend. But that's not all I put in my backpack. Each and every one of us, as we carry around our backpack, we also put in our backpack a lot of other stuff. <sighs> stuff that we don't need but that we carry with us anyway. Fear. <laughs> anxiety. Worry. Insecurities. The expectations that we just can't live up to. Hurt. Anger. And then we hoist that on our backs. And we carry that around. Do you see a difference in my posture? These things act as weights, weighing us down. And we carry them around with us. They sit in the bottom of the bag and they weigh us down. And we carry them throughout our daily lives. You know, some days, most days, we can be pretty good at hitching that bag up, putting a smile on our face, and not let anybody know about the weight that's on our back. But there they are weighing us down. It makes it hard to do and to be the people that we, are, that we want to be. It makes it hard to do and be the things that we are meant to be. The weight gets in the way. I'm not going to be able to walk very far with these barbells in my backpack, right? They sometimes make it hard for us to reach the other things that we have in our bags. They get in the way. Sometimes they, they are trapping them. When I put those barbells in the backpack, literally, I would have to move them to get to the other things that I had already put in that backpack. So they're in the way. They trap them. They hold them down. So not only are they weighing us down, but they make it harder for us to reach all those gifts and talents and skills that we carry around with us. The energy, the imaginations, the imagination, the intelligence, the love, all those things that we have to give and to live and to serve and to love, the weight of all the other stuff that we carry with us literally gets in the way. It weighs us down and we become 
hunched and bent over. In many ways, it's an emotional bent over as the weight of all of that pulls us down. But you know, sometimes physically too, those, those weights that we carry weigh us down. Research has shown that the emotional toll that we carry, the stuff that we carry takes a toll on our bodies as well, almost as if the weights that we carry manifest themselves as physical weights that we're carrying around on our backs. We are in pain, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it becomes hard to focus on what it is that we are supposed to be doing and who it is that we're supposed to be because those weights become the focal point of all that we do no matter what. Right now, I am super conscious of the fact that I have this weight pulling on my shoulders as I stand here before you. And the same thing goes for all that stuff that we carry around. Those anxieties that live in the back of our mind, they weigh us down and they're constantly there and we are constantly aware of them. Those worries, those fears, the anger, the hurt, all that stuff that we hold on to, it's always there and always present. It becomes hard to focus with a weight on your back. It becomes hard to love God and neighbor as the people that we are meant to be as that weight reminds us that it's always there. As my, one of my favorite hymns says, it's hard to dance with the devil on your back. In many ways, we find that there is literally no good place for us to take these weights out of our bag. I'm not going to come up to you, Susan, and say, hey, do you want a barbell? <laughs> That's not fair to Susan. It's not unfair for me to unload my weight right on her. We can't just unload them on other people. We can't just drop them down. What are, they gonna, what are we going to do with that? We don't want to burden others, and sometimes we just don't want to admit that we have these weights. We don't want to admit that they're there, or sometimes we don't want to name the weights that we do have. Because then we add an additional weight of fear, of judgment, fear of what other people might say. Sometimes we find that others don't want to acknowledge the weights that we carry, and sometimes we don't want to acknowledge the weights that other people carry. Because either we don't know how to help somebody carry that weight, we don't know how to help them get it off of their back, or sometimes acknowledging your weight means that I have to acknowledge the ones that I carry too, and so it's easier to ignore, and we are all walking around laden and burdened and bent over and held down. And the longer we carry them, the heavier they get. The problem becomes compounded. And the longer we carry them, the more it hurts. And the more 
we are prevented from living into who we are called to be. Luke tells a story of just such a person. He tells us the story of this woman who for 18 years was so burdened by a spirit that she was literally bent over. Everything that we're talking about, this spirit burdened her so much that she was physically bent over. And I'm sure that that took its emotional toll on her as well. It's a really long time to be burdened, is it not? By something that that bends you over and keeps you from living. She was so bent over. She was unable to stand straight. She was unable to care for others. She was pained. Uh, In that time and in that place, she was unable to be a full participant in society, and most people probably ignored her. She spent most of her time, I am sure, at home because people did not know what to do with her. Staying in her home, cut off from society, with people not wanting to acknowledge her pain and her suffering, there was probably a growing sense of shame, compounding the problem. And yet she showed up at that synagogue that day, bent over, in pain, unable to stand up straight, unable to see anything but the floor in front of her because she was so weighted down with the spirit that had burdened her for so long. She showed up anyway because she wanted to hear this man. And he saw her and he recognized right away. And he named the weight that held her down. And he said to her, sister, you are healed. And he laid his hands on her, and the weight was removed, and she was able to stand up straight for the first time in 18 years. When, she, when Jesus was confronted about this, it wasn't really that Jesus was confronted. It was more her and the people. You have six days to come and be healed. Don't bother people with your burdens on the day of the Sabbath. They're here to worship. Don't hand your weight off to somebody else. Don't bring your weights into this place. Don't expect us to acknowledge that you're in pain on the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath. And Jesus says, why? You would relieve a burden from an animal and give it refreshment and give it what it needed to live on the Sabbath. Why not give people relief from their burdens? Why not allow them to come to this place and relieve their burdens on the Sabbath? And so the woman had that burden taken from her. And as she went out into the world, she went out into the world praising God for all that God had done because God had taken that weight off of her back. God had taken that burden from her and she was able to stand up tall for the first time. She was given what she needed to be refreshed and renewed and rebuilt. She was released from her bondage. 
and she went out into the world to live and to love and to serve. And I believe to fulfill the calling that God had on her life. Just a few moments ago, we talked with the kids about how that God reminds us, actually time and time again in Scripture, in the Psalms, and in the prophets, and and in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, and all over the place, God reminds us time and time again that before we were born, God knew us. That God created us, knit us together, and consecrated us before our very birth to fulfill a purpose in God's world. That God has given us all work to do in this world and God has called us all to something and that ultimately God will give us what we need to fulfill that calling. But I love this idea that God has called each and every one of us from our very birth and before Because it reinforces that idea that God has plans for us. Aren't we reassured that God has plans for us? Plans for our good and not for our destruction. These weights that we carry around with us, they are not God's plan for us. So if we bring them to God, God will take them from us. And take them off our back. And relieve us from those burdens. God does this in a number of different ways. Sometimes there are ways that God can take the weight off of us by giving us peace within our own minds. Sometimes God takes the weight off of us by giving us the opportunity for reconciliation with others. Sometimes God takes the weight off of us by providing healing, body, mind, soul, spirit. Sometimes God takes the weight off of us by sending us people, doctors, nurses, therapists, psychiatrists who give us what we need to take those burdens off of us. However God does it, God gives us the tools that we need and God will take those burdens. And God has taken those burdens, and God will continue to take those burdens off of us time and time again if we just present ourselves to God. And these weights that weigh us down, we lay at the foot of the cross, and we can walk away. with our bag full of all that God has given us, to live the life that God has given us, the life that God has called us to. Sisters and brothers, whatever is burdening you today, whatever you are carrying around in that backpack that is weighing you down, bring it to God and seek God's guidance and help in how to be healed. Know that you are not alone carrying those weights and that God has also given you a church to walk with you as you seek God's help in removing those burdens.
and laying down the weight. When we do, we find that our weight is lifted. We can stand tall. And we can go and take all that God has given us, that energy, that intelligence, that imagination, that love, those gifts, those talents, those skills, and we can move forward living into the life that God has called us to. May we do so. May each of you find healing and peace. May you be relieved of your burdens. May you lay down the weights that pull you down. May you find God and God's help in all things. As we reminded the children, know that God goes with you. God is with you and in you guiding you and giving you what you need each and every day to fully live into the life that God has called you to. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us, help us, help us, for we are weighed down and heavily burdened. Help us, O oh Lord, to find the tools that you are giving us, the peace in our own hearts, the company of our family and our community, the medical and counseling and psychiatric professionals who help us to weigh, to, to deal with those weights and those burdens. Help us to find those tools that you are handing to us so that we may lift those weights out of our bag and off of our back. Help us to live straight and tall, fully into the life that you have called us to. Guide us. Guide us in all things, O oh Lord, that we may shed the weight of the world and seek you and your call and your purpose for us. Help us to live into the freedom that you have promised us. And help us, O oh Lord, to live into your consecration and your calling. That we may use the gifts that you have given us to serve you and your people. To love you and our neighbor with all the love that you have given us. Be in us and with us. Guide us and lead us. Help us to see your way in all things. And we pray, O oh Lord, this day, with thanksgiving for healing that has occurred, and we pray that you may help us to heal, that you may strengthen our bodies, our minds, and our souls. We pray for peace in our lives, in our families, in our communities, and in the world. 
that your peace may grow and expand and all may know it and know you. We pray for hope for those who are in dark places. We pray that you may help them to know that you are there. We pray for your comfort. We pray for your strength. We pray for your courage to speak the truth. We pray for you in our lives. We pray for you to be made known in and all. We pray for you to be known, for your presence to be shown, for your love to be grown, and for your kingdom to be built here. We pray that we may seek your will and your way in and among and through all in this world. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.